The views and opinions expressed by the producers, hosts, and guests of Flash Black Radio do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Flash Black or its parent company. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, beautiful people. This is www.flashblackradio.com. I am Da Vinci Parks, aka Lieben the Third. And sitting to my right, I have that's double. Indeed, indeed. And dialing in, as T. Rich would say, from somewhere, K. Savage. Indeed, indeed. And speaking of T. Rich, T. Rich is out, but she will be back hopefully next week. She's a little jet lag. She had a nice little jaunt to the motherland. So, uh, yeah, understandably, she will be out today. But today's date is Monday, January 21st, 2019. And this is the first. Oh, shit. This is actually the first uh Joint since we've back, been back in the new year for Shit You Might Have Missed, and that's what this is. Shit You Might Have Missed on Flash Black Radio. We are the usual suspects. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, yeah, we can just jump right on in. Um, so a lot of stuff has happened. We're still in the middle of this government shutdown. There's a lot of nonsense with that. Uh, we got people, you know, forming exploratory committees and stuff like that, like, you know, the Biden camp. And just today on MLK's birthday, uh, one Kamala Harris has apparently, uh, you know, stated her intention to run for president. Uh, this is uh, after Elizabeth Warren has already announced her intention, although she said she wasn't earlier. Now she apparently has changed her mind. Uh, and Kristen Gillibrand. Oh yeah, we, we got a couple, and there's uh, what's it, what is Castro also? I'm not I'm not up on Castro yet, but uh, apparently I don't think he announced yet. Oh, I thought he announced. Okay. <clears throat> I thought I thought he uh, I thought he announced and people were still looking I mean, up. I take large breaks from the news cycle, so I, I can't be sure about that. But I don't think he did. I think okay. no, I think he did. I think I think when he announced, I think he also said in the same announcement that Black Lives Matter and you know all that stuff. So oh. I I could be mistaken on that. I think we should read up on that. But um, if either way, I'll try to look up on that and you know and add if it he to has, then he probably will by the time we record again. <laughs> Indeed. So um. Yeah, man. So I want to talk a little bit about the Kamala Harris thing. And um, this is this is one of those things of due diligence uh, that I think we all need to to do. This is not just a, a, a me thing. It's just so I'm not pointing any fingers. I'm just saying it's something I need to do as well. But um, last week I was listening to a couple of talk shows on Sirius XM 126, as I often tend to do, because that's where you get good information uh, on Urban View. And um, there were two different shows. So one was Joe Madison's show, and the other one was the Clay Kane show. And Clay Kane was pointing out some interesting things. And one of the things he was saying was, you know, a lot of people were making comparisons of Kamala Harris to uh, a former senator, a junior senator, Barack Obama, in terms of like their their politics and so forth and so on. And he was making the distinction like, nah, wait, I, I get it. They're people of color, quote unquote, biracial, if that's the terminology we're going to go with for this particular show. But um, he was making some points like, you know, while she was D.A., there are a couple of things that, you know, troubled him. You know, saying one, her uh, her conviction rate went from like, I think in L.A. went from like 52 percent to like 66 percent. Uh, she was staunchly in favor of a truancy policy that if your children were truant, 
then the parent would get locked up and fined, which is, you know, that, that, that's, there are a host of problems politically with that. Uh, the idea that, you know, parents would be jailed for, you know, their parent, I mean, their child's, you know, nonsense and shenanigans because we, as children, when we were children, knew people who skipped school. So, I don't know, there's that. And the other idea or the other thing, um, and this is something I really need to get into myself, this is where the due diligence comes in. But um, one of the things that he was also speaking about was that she was also in favor of uh, three strikes out, three strikes in your outlaw. And that that kind of originated of people think is under Clinton, but it came from Reagan, the Reagan administration while he was governor of California. And mm-hmm. according to Clay Kane, again, due diligence, I got to do it. But um, he was saying that it's not like major felonies, like murder and, and stuff like that. It's minor any felonies, felony. any felony. Any and that's felony. troubling because so many things can be considered a felony. And, you know, minor felonies, while they, I mean, they're a felony, I get it. But some things you like, like three minor felonies. And if you get them, even if it's concurrently, you can wind up in jail for life. Word. So, yeah. Um, there, there's some things uh, that I think we need to be mindful of because I think sometimes when we see, uh, you know, people that look like us, we tend to automatically assume that they're 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 like us. Not necessarily the case. And Stacey Abrams will be a different case than a Kamala Harris. Uh, so there's that, and also, and this is not a shade thing, but I think he raised a very good point. Um, Clay Kane is again, quote unquote, biracial. He said himself that he hates that terminology. Um, I don't know. It's politically correct these days on that. So I'm just going to say biracial for now. Um, and, uh, he was saying that he indeed is biracial, but he's, he finds it interesting that he couldn't find anything with regard to Kamala Harris addressing how she self-identified, how she viewed herself, um, as, as a woman in, in this society, does she view herself as a black woman? Um, you know, how does she view herself? And also the fact that she's married to a white dude, which also could cost her a lot of votes from a lot of people within the quote unquote community. So I thought he raised a lot of interesting things, a lot of interesting things that we need to be aware about. And he wasn't doing it to shade her. He was saying that, well, hey. I think her her biracial is a little different because she's. Indian, right? Indian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't saying they were the same. He was just saying that, you know, like I'm biracial, you know what I'm saying? So he was, you know, it wasn't one of those things like, you know. I mean, she went to Howard. She did go to Howard. And that would be to me, you know. <clears throat> I feel like that's kind of a, a declaration. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, eh. she announced from Howard too. Yeah, you know what? Rachel Dozal went to Howard too, though. I mean, look <laughs> where she's at. Look, but look at where she's at. Look at where she's I get at. it. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. I hear what you're saying. I'm not knocking that, it. That, that was her declaration too. No, I, I love. You know how I feel about Howard University and my fellow Bison. I get it. I mean, I just like because she's a Bison. I feel like I have a a a higher duty personally to like be more sure before I throw my support behind her as a person that she is in line with what I think she should be in line with. And I'm saying, I think it would be easy to say, Oh, she's Howard. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. And just like, just run out there. Oh, she's Howard. She's black. She's, you know what I'm saying? She don't like Trump. Boom. And that's enough, but that's not necessarily enough. And I'm saying like anybody who's going to run on the democratic national party ticket is probably problematic somehow, some way. Yeah. They're they're saying your boy book is probably going to run too. I know you're going to love that. (laughs) 
I'm all about the least worst option right now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? When I look at the field, I'm like, you know, any combination of a Warren Harris ticket is exciting to me. Um, or at least just not depressing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I get it. Um, I, mm, I don't, I don't know how this is going to play out. I mean, again, like I said, I was, I, I, I was pretty sure that, that Biden was going to run Back when it's gonna be one white man and one minority. Yeah, I think that's what's gonna happen. Um, I think it might be like the 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 thing that I think is gonna happen though. I think it's gonna be kind of a rehash of what happened with the Republican uh primary race in 2016. I think it's gonna be a wide open field, a lot of people running, and it's gonna be an utter shit show. Well, that's depressing because then that means what we end up with Bernie Sanders. I don't want anybody. I don't think Bernie's gonna make it through the, the gauntlet. Who can actually collect? Social yeah. Security at the retirement age. Yeah, I don't I think like- Bernie's going to make it uh, make it through the gauntlet. I think he was a good candidate, but I think uh, there's some things that maybe he slid on last time around that he might not be able to slide around on this time. So I think he. I don't want to. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I just don't want another baby boomer. <laughs> they have fucked us. I imagine. And like you know, I would I would like to move. Can we get a Gen Xer? You know what I'm saying. <sighs> A reformed cokehead, you know what I'm saying, with a conscience. A reformed cokehead with a conscience? I feel like that's, you know. That's, that's okay, that's an interesting. I mean, wouldn't that be someone like Billy Clinton? No, I'm not Clinton. Uh, wasn't, wasn't Bush who was in the coke back in the day? Yeah. Yeah, yeah a younger version mm, of George mm-mm. Bush. Mm-mm. I'm good. I mean, what was Generation Generation X doing? Oh, Generation X was like our our generation was Coke, right? I mean, not Coke. It was yeah, crack. That's why I'm saying it's crack. No, that was our generation was crack. Like before that, it was heroin and Coke. Our generation was crack. Yeah, I guess the tail end of it would be lean. Just pill heroin. <laughs> I don't want none of that. I, 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 uh, you know what I'm saying? Like like weed, I can understand. Weed is universal. It crosses all all boundaries and in, in, in you know I, I can understand weed. I just I don't well, know. I just know. I want a coke head around the button. I just <laughs> But I on but I feel But on Washington Journal this morning, C SPAN's calling, there was a whole lot of angst. Is she is she is she, is she Pakistani? She doesn't even look black to me. I thought she was Latino. Is she? I didn't know she was black. I mean, people just all kinds of confused and angsty about what is she? Mm. Interesting. So if you, if I may ask, um, what are your thoughts with regard to the people that are running? Who would, what would, okay, what would you like to see out of your candidate? What, what, were the, what are the issues? Because I feel like one of the things that's going to be a problem for the, the party really is that it's going to be more uh, single topics being addressed as opposed to the litany of things we need to address because of the way the government has been run the last couple of years? I just want to get back to saying irrational. Okay. What about you? I feel like having real expectations is foolish. I just want saying irrational. Slim, what about you? Uh, I mean, <clears throat> generally, I, I think Chris, you make a good point. Like, things have just been so upside down like so disparate from what we're used to we're used to a bunch of shady stuff happening in government but people putting on a face of civility 
at least. Right? Let's at least get back to the face of civility. Like people conducting themselves like they have some kind of overt respect, even if they stabbing each other behind the back and we can't see it. I, I would like to see that. It's like people treating each other because it's we use the word normalization a lot. And I think whoever we elect to be the next president of this country, they should be normalizing positive things with how we treat one another. And I think that's very, very important. Donald Trump has been like a key, like a lightning rod for normalizing hate. And it, Kamala Harris is not the only uh, example. If you look at Kamala Harris and you look at uh, uh, Representative Cortez out of New York, um, I think it's very important that we normalize our perspective on like strong, intelligent women speaking their mind. And that not be treated like it's some kind of outlier or it be treated like it's a negative or, you know, we, we shouldn't have a situation like as problematic as I find Hillary Clinton. One thing you cannot debate about Hillary Clinton is how intelligent she is, is how sharp she is. And she expresses her skill and her intelligence and then people don't like her as a result. She also might not be that likable, but, you know, <laughs> full fairness, because kind of like a byproduct of a woman, quote unquote, stepping out of her place. Mm-hmm. The end result is that she's not likable or she's brash or she's all these negatives for doing things that men have done for, for centuries. So I think the more women we have in positions of prominence, it normalizes our reactions to seeing women in those positions it gets us more used to as we if we're trying to truly roll off patriarchy having a woman like kamala harris having a woman like representative cortez out there prominent popular speaking their minds i think that's good so i think from a candidate like kamala harris i'm just happy to see that at least as far as policy stuff go, I, I just want whoever gets elected to admit that we only have one planet and we can't treat it like, you know, we can't treat it like crap because we only get one of them um, to, you know, recognize that there are pay inequalities and we need to we need to fix those pay inequalities that there are, uh, you know, we do have entitlement programs, whatever you want to call them. But. You know, in fairness, there's people been paying into Social Security and Social Security is not going to be viable after a certain point in time. Why do you say that? We need to because they they keep they keep raiding the fund. (laughs) It's not. Well, Social Security, I mean, they're trying to raid it, but Social Security has about two trillion in it right now. Like Social Security is separate. And I think that's one of the things that they try to keep putting out to people to scare them that social security is not viable it's because they want to be able to fucking get into that shit well we also have like a bunch of like the boomers <laughs> as was brought up before we got more people retiring than we have you know working Paying to be into, able to pay into yeah. the fund. Yeah, life expectancy is also dropping because we uh we're doing a lot of dumb shit as humans these days so yeah but <laughs> like Every day for like the next five years, 10,000 people become eligible at baby boomer age for Social Security. Like it's not a game as far as like the way the pay in pay out goes. And so there is a while where we're going to be in debt while we're paying the boomers out because there's not enough millennials and Gen Xers paying in. And also they pay us shit. 
you know what I'm saying? Like they were starving us for wages. So, you know what I'm saying? They have made it so that the pay scale and the lack of, you know, increase in wages to actually compete with real inflation has made it so that it's not technically underfunded the way the percentages are set up, but the way the numbers pan out, it's underfunded and we will have a deficit for a little while unless we do something to like pay younger people more and get more of them actually working. So I well one, I agree that, you know, there's there there are ways uh for people to come up off a dollar who are way up at the top, the top one percent. They're not gonna do that voluntarily. And the whole Republican tax cut is is an example of that. <laughs> that they are not trying to come up off of any dollars uh for the the good of this country, although that's what they claim they're they're, they're doing it for. But there are ways to like to readily fix the social security problem. One, uh, you can raise the cap from 118 uh, um, all the way up to 250, or you can just take the cap completely off. That's debatable. Um, but like if you raise it from 118 to 250 or 200,000, you would capture a lot more revenue. And also you could do like a sliding scale and go from 6% to 7% and do it by point. Oh, one percent each year for the next 10 years. That way it's not killing anybody as you're doing it. And then you'll get more that way. Or you could do a combination. I mean, there are ways to fix it. It's just the people who are in the position are one, not in the business of making sure people are informed uh, about the what, what the real the real situation is with Social Security. And they're really not about trying to actually fix it or improve things. They're trying to keep people mired in the debate that there's a problem. Like a lot of things that are in this country, we have a problem and they make it like it's black and white. But at the end of the day, I feel like if we actually go about the problem trying to fix it, like they did with the healthcare thing a little while back, not perfect, but it was a step. So now what we got to do, instead of trying to blow the shit up, like the Republicans have been trying to do, why not fine tune it and make it better? But that's just my two cents on it. I do have a question I like to throw out, before, uh, but, by all means, if like you about to say something slim, so well, I was gonna say one one thing. Another thing I'd like to see in a candidate is a uh, you know, I, like I said, I think I already said uh, income equality is a topic that I think is very important. Mm -hmm. um, but I also um, you were leading into the healthcare thing, and I think one of the good things about Obamacare because it was uh, um, the ACA was very good in some ways, very problematic. One of the main problems was uh, because states were given so much control with how to implement it, um, it was implemented poorly in many states, uh, and that had an impact on the success of the program. But I think it did get us closer to potentially being able to have a single-payer program. Mm -hmm. And I would like for whoever is president next to be serious um, about considering that as an option going forward. So. Okay, so I what, feel like if oh, we ahead, could get eight. I feel like if we could get eight years of, of a Democrat, somewhere around year five, maybe we would need a supermajority though too. Well, I feel like around year five or six enough. Like right now, we have a president who's actually actively trying to dismantle the healthcare system that's in place. He's trying and to dismantle like our government. We had, <laughs> well, well, that too. And, and but I feel like if we have four years of uh, just sane and rational to get back to a, a baseline and more states like Utah, I think it was Utah, Idaho, and a, a, another state that you, you know, like that actually went for Trump 
also, you know, at the state level voted to expand Medicare for all. So I feel like, you know, in the red states, there's this understanding of the marketplace and how it actually works and what needs to be implemented in order for it to work right and for everybody to get the pricing that, you know, they said that they could get. And so I feel like if we could have four years of a Democrat and some sane and rationalness, then around year five or six, we could actually start to have a national conversation around single payer because at that point, I think a majority of people and a majority of states will be on Medicare um, for all type plans for those who can't afford to be in the marketplace. And, you know, eventually when enough people get on Medicare for all people in the marketplace are going to start looking like, um, so either we need to up these subsidies or y'all need to just give everybody, you know what I'm saying? The same thing. Because like, you know what I'm saying? When they look at the pricing, when they look at the the level of care that people are getting, when they look at the access, people are going to be mad. You know what I'm saying? And they're going to say, if if I'm paying for private insurance, then I actually need my private insurance to look better than what the public option is. Uh, Okay. Uh, There's something I want to backtrack on. And I I don't want to sound like I'm getting away from what you said because all that was good. Um, Slim made a comment earlier with regard to... uh, um, uh, uh, Cortez in Congress, uh, Kamala Harris in Senate. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, of course, uh, there was a banner year, <laughs> which is it sounds sad to say, but 2018 was a banner year in terms of uh, electing uh, minorities to like local, state, and federal, well, you know, n- national positions of power, judgeships, and things of that nature. Um, and Congress uh, did a pretty good job of getting people in on the de- Democratic side that were women and some of them women of color. Um, in particular, uh, Tlaib, I think, out of Minnesota mm-hmm. and Cortez out of obviously New York, New York. have having catching a little bit of attention because they both been saying, you know, we're going to get this motherfucker impeached. Like these are pretty much their words. Uh now, while that might be the feeling and the sentiment that, that they have, and I don't fault them for it, and people can feel how they want to feel, do you think that is counterproductive to we the need actual... We Steve Kings. Huh? We need our own Steve Kings. If motherfuckers can get up on national TV and speak to national n- newspapers and publications and without a waiver in their voice, you know what I'm saying, or a bead of nervous sweat say, I don't see what's wrong with white nationalism or white supremacy, then I feel like on our side, we get to have people who say what other people feel. You know what I'm saying? The reality is it's okay to say we want to impeach somebody who is clearly, you know what I'm saying, not mentally fit for office. The government right now is shut the fuck down. And the very departments that he claims to hold nearest and dearest are the very people who are going to work protecting his fat ass without pay. Yeah, Secret Service. Nancy Pelosi scheduled flights, you know what I'm saying, planned trips to Afghanistan. Meanwhile, Melania jetted her ass to Mar-a-Lago the very next day. I'm not interested in everybody always having to be civil and always having to toe the party line. I don't think there's anything problematic about somebody saying, we're going to get this motherfucker impeached to their own base. Because the reality is we get to appeal to our base in different ways than we do other people. Mm -hmm. And I know that it is never good to say, you know what I'm saying, that this bad behavior on this side is the same as this bad behavior. But the reality is using a little profanity is not the same as saying I think white people are better and we should basically be trying to cleanse the earth of brown people. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just they're they're not equivalent. And I feel like. 
There's a whole bunch of false equivalency going on. You know what I'm saying? And people saying that this right over here or this impropriety is the same as this egregious act of violence or harassment or bullying. And or it's negligence. not the same. Right. And it's not the same. And you get to say at a Democratic Party event, if that is how you talk, you know what I'm saying, in your comfort zone, that we're going to impeach this motherfucker. And if people got their cell phones out, well, then that's the consequence you pay, because we all have to be mindful of the fact that at public events, people are probably taping. You know what I'm saying? And if you feel comfortable saying that and you're going to defend that, then I feel like, why not? I ain't mad at her. And not just because I feel that way, but because like it's a legit sentiment and people get to say what they want to say to their base. Mr. Williams. Um, <clears throat> I agree with a lot of what Chrissy said. I, I feel like, you know, as a politician, you have to assess like what you uh-huh. can and can't say, what you should and shouldn't say. And I feel like if a polit- as a politician, if you're willing to jump out there and be honest, you know, about those sentiments, that definitely makes me respect you more as a politician. Whether or not it's going to be productive, there's a lot of variables that come into play when you're talking about something being productive. You know, the the normal in this nation since his since its founding has been uh wealthy white men make the rules, write the rules, change the rules if they need to. And anybody else who steps up to the plate um, to try to change things, to try to improve things, um, if they don't fall in line, they die or (laughs) they are railroaded. Um, And we just continue to gradually move in a direction where more people can shift that paradigm. So, you know, with Representative Tlaib, with uh, the way uh, Representative Cortez is really outspoken. She just said flat out she thinks Trump is racist. She didn't beat around the bush. Um, She didn't sugarcoat it. She says absolutely, um, based on his statements, um, based on the types of policies that he wants to put in place. And if they want to use impeachment language, that's fine. Now, you know, I do think, I don't want to say you temper it, but I do think you go a long way to including your statements you know, we understand that there's a threshold that has to be met in farther, as far as legislatively uh, accomplishing impeaching him. That just shows that you're knowledgeable, you know, about the law and knowledgeable about how legislation is actually passed. Um, so I think there's some benefit to including that. But saying that he should be impeached, if you feel like he should be impeached, I'm all for that. Part of the reason politicians get elected, good and bad, is because people identify with the way they see things. That's how Trump mm-hmm. got in office. Exactly. Hey, Back in my day, we used to carry that guy out of there and like, you know, yeah. Yeah. So. And, and minus the motherfucker, she ain't said nothing that, you know, Auntie Maxine hasn't said, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is exactly. not, Well, you know, there's a there's a, there's a reason why I asked that question, but like, continue. I just want, I just want to be clear, but go ahead. I, oh, I was going to say, this, this is not, you know, th- this is not, it may not be the overwhelming sentiment of the Democratic Party, you know what I'm saying? But this is not a fringe idea amongst a few politicians in, on the Democratic Party, you know what I'm no. saying? Really, people are really just waiting for this Mueller, Mueller report to come out so that they can figure out what the next actual move is. Because until that report comes out, everything right now is just, you know what I'm saying, plans being made. Right. So the reason why I asked that question... Um, <laughs> the muddle thing, I got to get to that too. But uh, the, the Buzzfeed. Yeah, I got. I nah, got. nah, no, I'm not. I, I, I don't know. There's so much stuff because you know it's, it's it's constantly new stuff between Cohen and all the stuff. But 
um, I don't lose my place, but I, I want to speak to the whole thing about Giuliani saying that the White House should have right to <laughs> to like to review the report before the public sees it. Like Giuliani is like putting out some of the funniest material that I've seen. Like his facial expressions. Like like I don't know if you've been watching him in the interviews. This guy, but I, I, let me get let me get back on on track. Uh, <laughs> in the face of self care, I, I try not to watch too. Yeah, I, I just feel read you. the headline in the news feed that was like. MSNBC anchors have basically decided that he is the worst lawyer ever, <laughs> and that he has no concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, because he's just talking. He, he's just basically he's doing what Sarah Huckabee Sanders is doing, but he's doing it as legal counsel, which is very he's bad. He's trying to save himself too. He's not trying to make no kind of statement that's going to get him implicated or anything. Because like quiet as kept, he nervous as hell. He's just trying to keep his job so that he can keep information coming. You know what I'm saying? He's trying to figure out how he's going to stay out of jail. I think the right now he's not just worried. Trying... It's Chris Christie because he got pushed to the side so early on. I, I think all of y'all should remember that he was mayor during 9/11. Just, just remember that. Oh yeah, and the friends of Trump. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he was mayor. Yeah. Okay, during nine eleven, he just so happened to be the mayor of New Which, York by the during nine eleven. Can we actually address what the fuck does that mean? So you were mayor during a major catastrophe that the federal government actually managed to clean up of? Hey. I, what did he? I mean, do? Ralph Nagin was the, the mayor of, of 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 New Orleans when you know Katrina happened. Oh, yeah. And he still went to jail. <laughs> what did he? Did he? Oh, funny that you should say that. That would never happen to Giuliani, though. But anyway, so okay, so what I wanted to get back to, I love y'all both. Uh, what I wanted to get, <laughs> what I wanted to get back to was the reason why I asked the question initially, and I guess maybe I should have thrown it out there, but I don't want to like taint your answers. Um, taint. It, it, <laughs> but uh, it it feels like there's also like this this. Um, this old guard mentality that I'm kind of picking up on, and maybe it's just me, but like I've been seeing how they've been, they being the media, have been going to older senior members of of Congress or the Senate, asking, "What do you think about these people in your party making these statements?" And they were saying before people even got in the office, the new people got like sworn in office. They were saying like, "Yo, we don't really want to talk about impeachment because honestly, they can't do it right now. So talking about it without being able to back it up." Not really the most beneficial. Doesn't really move anything forward, although everybody's thinking it. Um, but it kind of feels like there's this old guard thing. Like I've I've seen um, uh, Elijah Cummings being very careful with how he responds to it. Um, Maxine Waters, I'm probably sure has commented on it, but basically being asked to say, "What do you think about this?" And I don't know. I just I don't know if it's one of those things. I think at some point the old guard has to start prepping people. To take over because some of these folks have been doing this shit for like 30 years, yo. At some point, you need to get out the way and let the next wave come through and carry on the good fight. And that's on either side. I feel like the media is a little bored, so they, you know, low-key trying to pit the old against the young. But the reality is they should stop that. Because, you know, but I mean, that's how we got here. Kind of already too. It, the, the youngs have already stated we coming for your neck old, you know what I'm saying? So come up off them the, the power. And the reality is, you know what I'm saying? As good as Nancy Pelosi may be at her job, Ho could drop dead tomorrow and nobody would be surprised. She like 80 almost or over 80. I mean, like all of these people who run this country right now are all people for the majority of them who like if they drop dead tomorrow, today, tonight, right now, this minute, nobody would be surprised. They're fucking old. 
and not like, you know, kind of retirement age old, like thoroughly old. Like you've lived a long life. A mandatory People withdrawal from your, your IRA old. <laughs> you've yes, passed 70 yes. and a half. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, Only qualify for colonial pen life insurance old. You know what I'm saying? Like, So I have to report this. Um, this is going back to the whole civility uh, statement that Slim made earlier. Like, well, actually, both of you made about getting back to like you know just civility and all that. Um, and then also speaking, I guess to the Steve King uh, thing about you know you know because he's ignorant as hell. He thinks he knows what he's talking about, but obviously he doesn't. Um, a Republican lawmaker from Missouri reportedly apologized Thursday for shouting "Go back to Puerto Rico" on the House floor whilst. <laughs> Well, Rep. Tony Cardenas was uh, was waiting to speak. So I just want to point out that shit happened last week. Nobody really talked about it. Not nobody, but a lot of people didn't talk about it. But there is a man who yelled to another man, go back to Puerto Rico. Like Puerto Rico wasn't part of the United States. That's like Trump, like, yo, like, the, we need to call the president of Puerto Rico with this disaster. Like, motherfucker, you the president of Puerto Rico. That's how this works. I was I was listening to um, NPR on the way here, and on the way here they were talking on purpose. About, yeah, uh, okay. of course, just always. always. Right, just I feel like I get I'm smarter every time I'm finished listening to NPR. Okay, like I, I start like a little on the dumb side, and I'm a little bit more intelligent when I finish. Okay, they were talking about the Hudson River River uh, cleanup and how um, General Electric uh, was made was you know being enforced to clean it up by the EPA because they were dumping pollution and they spent like two billion dollars cleaning it up and now that they're at the end of their efforts uh there's a movement to not have the epa sign off on the work they did because it needs a little bit more cleanup um and the, i'm drawing a parallel it seems like this came out of left field um but there's a belief based on what the scientific reports are that it may take like another 500 million or so to f actually finish the cleanup to do more dredging up out of the pollution. And so they ask people who live in the area, who live near the Hudson, some of the more industrial uh, areas around the Hudson River. And uh, I heard at least two people say, I don't think they should do it. I don't think it's going to make a difference. I can't even tell. Like, how would they get? How are they going to do it? How are they going to clean it out of the water? So it's like the the whole sentiment, the whole premise is: as long as ignorance rules the day, things are never going to get done. This was just an example of it. You gave another example of it. Like, there's legitimate ignorance in this country causing a lot of problems. People like, are dying. Yeah, seeing seeing people, <laughs> because of ignorance. Yeah, seeing people as other just because they're you know because they're browner than you are and they're not from the mainland of the United States when where they're from is actually part of your country. That's ignorance. I don't want people to clean up water because I don't understand how you can clean up water. I don't want you to do it because I don't get it. I don't understand it. Guess what? I'm not a science. Some might say I'm I'm a relatively intelligent guy. I don't even understand how it all works. Maybe they put some charcoal and some other stuff in it. I don't know how they clean the water up, but I know scientifically they know what they're doing. So by the time it's all said and done, if we're going to protect the planet, let's clean up the water. But I'm not going to say let's not do it because I don't understand it. Especially if you're not actually Does involved in the actual process. He probably doesn't understand the combustion engine either. Exactly. He said, he said, I can't that see That is it. actually a good fucking... I can't see it. That is actually a good 
yeah. There's like people who have taken stands against like we. I think it's too much government. I think we the government is controlling our lives, and I don't want the government involved in my life as long as they don't touch my public assistance and my social security and my. I'm, I'm like you just you just said like five things that were government programs, but you don't want the government in your life. Like, well, yeah, as long as they don't take my unemployment. Uh, do you know how unemployment insurance works? You know how the government is involved? Like, no. so ignorance, man, is is all ignorance. Yeah, I feel you. I the mean, the best protest sign I have ever seen is "Keep your government hands off my Medicare." <laughs> I, like, that's not how any of this works. Um, I, I think, I think, uh, yeah, it's. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. And I cannot stress enough, if you are bored in the morning, Washington Journal is the best way <laughs> to understand the ignorance that grips this country. Because the people who call in and be like, they say, this is the topic we're talking about. And people be like, yes, and I want to talk about turkeys. And they be like, we're going to talk about oranges today. He's like, but yes, turkeys. And then people be like, I don't understand why apples taste this way and why it this has to do with the tax on oranges. And I mean, like people call in and they don't understand how government works. They don't understand how the world works. They don't understand how economies work. And they vote. And you know how I know they vote? Because they're watching Washington Journal and they're calling in. And if you call into C-SPAN, you vote. Yeah, C-SPAN is like, I actually used to, I used to be an avid listener to see why well, I used to watch it. I would stream it, um, mm-hmm. C-SPAN radio mm-hmm. um, on on. I still uh, like when they're doing like, a, when they're doing like. Um, it's tough though, man. Hearings and stuff, I'll still like, like have it up on another screen while I'm doing work so I can hear it. If you want to hear more like just Americans calling into a program than anything else you listen to, do you watch C-SPAN. And you will get, and I had to stop. I was like, there's too many, like, that it will just, it will discourage you. Oh, you can just listen to AM talk right now. I mean, you listen, listen, I listen to NPR. They got scientists, you know, they mm-hmm. got people who are actually knowledgeable about stuff. So I'm like, I hear them and I'm like, okay, I feel better. You know, there's some people. Isn't it funny that, like, PBS and NPR, you know, public, you know, people always like shaming stuff that comes from, like, you know, public education, but NPR and PBS and all this, you know, and like all this public stuff, or whatever that's out there, that come, and people are so enriched by it. Just keep your hands if off my you Medicare. you don't like though. NPR, but you got an Elmo doll, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. Well, I just want to point out just in the background. <laughs> That might be the first uh, first big quote but, but of the year. Don't even, but see, that's how people not understanding how shit works. Sesame Street comes on PBS, motherfuckers. If you don't it like does. PBS, but you have an Elmo doll, <laughs> fuck you. That could be made into a shirt. I feel like we should like call PBS. Yeah, they they won't do it. This is a skill set that you have, sir. I, it actually is a skill set. Make that I t-shirts. Have. Yeah, yeah. That you done. yeah. Graphic design. I feel like if we had a merch store, we could make our own t-shirts. I think that might be something that might have to come up. It's just like I just I I have to get through this next couple of weeks, you know, to get to some some uh some uh yeah. some life shit. Yeah, yeah, some life shit. Basically, get through this next couple of weeks. Enough said. Yeah. Enough said. So uh, yeah, man. I I mean, Steve King, man. I just whew, that 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 guy is a uh, he's special. Now, look, I put a premium on on education, and I put a premium on putting people first. And I think everything we need to be teaching people from the time they are born 
needs to be about getting as much like real genuine knowledge that's scientifically verifiable as you can and about putting people above all of this, like all of the social constructs and everything else that we build up to keep people separate. Well, I think that 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 kind of that's the ironic part about it because we we do get taught from kids like share and share like and do unto others and all these other little uh, maxims and, and and things that are passed along. We do get that ingrained in us in kindergarten and in first grade and all that stuff. But the problem is, there's so much other just stuff feeding in that we see that that runs counter to that. I'm going to beg to differ. I, I think that <laughs> I think that. It it is such a low priority. Like I don't I don't think it's ingrained. I don't. Think I didn't say it was a high priority. A, I said we'd learn it. I don't I'm think saying. it's a focus. I don't think it's. I think it's like part of a a nebulous. You know, it's like a nebul a nebulous uh, grouping of many things that we get fed when we're young. Right? I'm not disagreeing with that. But I'm just saying it's there. Yeah, uh, but I think that's the problem. It's just there. Yeah, it. Uh, I'm not and, dis- and not I'm, even completely. Yeah, so wow. I think they focus on they focus on telling that to kids who don't already do those things. Like mm. when kids manifest that they are not somebody who shares. When they see kids who like take stuff from other kids or who are like mine, okay, those are the kids where they're like, "Oh no, you got to share. You yeah. got to learn okay. how to I share with other people." But kids who like kind of already are just regular kids, and they want to have really my graham crackers. Yeah, yeah, they don't. They don't really. They don't go like overtly out of their way to teach them those things. I'm trying to think back. You know, I don't know how far real memories go but i'm trying to think about how many times i anecdotally heard that i need to share i don't think i really heard it that much <laughs> when i was a kid that's because you were stingy well, i mean i think it's the opposite like if i was stingy they would have they would have been telling Not me to share. i think they were scared of you i did know. have man face so they may have been scared of me <laughs> this grown-ass six-year-old is gone <laughs> but even though these concepts that they teach us as kids like you should share and you know if you work hard it'll pay off eventually like all this shit that they tell people like even if it is sometimes true or it is a good ethic to have. What if it is something that powerful, greedy fuckboys made up to tell the masses to keep them in line? Because, you know what I'm saying? It's generally a good principle for everybody except the people we put in charge. Well, that would be another problem. <laughs> no, there'd be another problem <laughs> is it's a great principle, but the people at the top are not doing it. <laughs> as we, as we were saying it. earlier. Yeah, like, yeah, that, that Republican tax cut is a great example. We're not going to move anything, but know what? We're going to get that money. Yeah. And you'll get like a little bit of bump of your paycheck until you get that tax return in 2019. I mean, a principal. A principal <laughs> when you going to get it? Oh, my oh, God. Oh, oh. Here's the funny thing, though. Like, like we going to process your late fee. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here's the funny thing, though. I can't remember. There's so many things. I think one of the things I need to start doing is I need to start like earmarking where Donald Trump says stuff that's just like super wild, which is all the time. Oh, but you're going to be busy. No, no, but wait, wait. Listen, this is the point <laughs> what I'm saying. He says crazy shit, but there's other shit that he said before he was president when he was critiquing Barack Obama mm-hmm. to counter it. Yep. Because he's basically his own foe. Yeah. Like, you know, he's talking about like a shutdown is like, you know, the fault of the person weak. at the top. And his, he said it's weak. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's the fault of the person. Yeah, when you're talking about pulling out of like pulling out of Iraq and Afghanistan, when Obama said it's going to be a two year drawdown or whatever. Oh, that's a terrible idea. But you're going to pull out of Syria immediately. Mm. That's what you did. So uh, the reason why I'm saying all that is, uh, well, yeah, the reason why I'm saying that is because uh, he was basically called to the carpet on like the the, the Republican tax cut and how shit's playing, out, how it's going to play out with it. He said, Yeah, well, I'm not going to be in office anyway. 
<laughs> like, like, like he said that shit. He's like, yeah, well, I'm not gonna be in office anyway. Like, this not gonna like. So they're like, word. Did this he is say like, that? Yes, yes. You know, because he's so flippant, he doesn't really think about the shit he says a lot of times. Like, you know, it's like, like he got called on the carpet again about the Mexico thing again, and like, you know, about the whole Mexico's gonna pay for it. He's like, you know, like, you know, people act like I was expecting to get a check. I'm not gonna do that. They're not, they're, why? There's no way I was expecting to do that when that's just actually what he said he was gonna do. Right. So this trade yeah, yeah. deal that hasn't even been signed yet or ratified, you know what I'm saying, by Congress is what's gonna give us this money. Even and that's, that's not how not shit works. How trade deals work, you know what I'm Yeah, saying? that's not how it works but at people all. People are buying into it because on C-SPAN this people this stupid. Morning, somebody was like, well, with that trade deal, Mexico's gonna pay for it. No, no. Like, you asshole. What's gonna happen is we're gonna pay more for fucking avocados and 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 tortillas and shit like that. That's what's gonna happen. You want to eat all your Mexican food and all y'all. Sh- That's the other shit that, that blows me. All these motherfuckers out there. I'm sorry. I'm cursing a lot. Real I apologize. Angry with that cup, man. I, I apologize. I'm gonna dial it back a little. You like bit. one Lee, one cup. <laughs> wow. The shut down. Wow, sir. Wow. So what I was going to say is... I didn't hear what Chrissy said just now. Oh, yeah. Please repeat yourself. The government is shut down. We allowed to be angry and anxious. Oh, yeah. No, FCC. Go for it. Uh, laughing at us. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things that kind of frustrates me is this whole idea of people talking about all this, like, you know, America, America, America stuff, whatever. But again, I just like to stress to people who might not be thinking about it. But first of all, while I'm thinking about it, shout out to Brazil because y'all, y'all stay holding us down. So, uh, but back to what I was saying. Uh <laughs> Uh, we get so much of what we identify ourselves as America and the things that like make it American, quote unquote, from people that, you know what I'm saying, that you don't like. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like the only reason why football and baseball and, and like any sport is watchable is because we in it. You know what I'm saying? Y'all want to go eat Mexican food? Guess what? I hate to inform you, but that's from Mexico. A lot of it, you know, some of it's not. Yeah, some of it's tax. We like tacos yeah, yeah. and burritos and yeah, 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 yeah. Don't like Mexican chili con queso. You know what I'm saying? That might be like you know, but yeah, like so like, like yo, point out to you like you know when you get your hamburgers, what do you put with your hamburgers? Feel free to chime in. Fries. No, what kind of fries? Oh hell! Freedom Lord. fries, freedom fries. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's just the ignorant, and that's what they did. It's like, yo, we mad at France, so now gonna be freedom fries. Like, come the fuck on, man! Hummus, Y'all can't. They want the pita. They want, you know what I'm saying, the kebabs, but they don't want the brown people. They don't want the shish. They just want the kebabs. <laughs> I don't even know if that makes sense, but it was hilarious. Hey, right. <laughs> you know what? You know. Yeah. <laughs> I think you did know what I meant. But the thing that astounds me every time I really have to think about white people and racism is that, like, when I look at the map and we see Europe, I just feel like Europe in relation to the rest of the world in both geography and population, it's just like, I like, do you want to eradicate the whole earth and just have it to yourself? I mean, like, I don't. I don't understand. They would be so bored like, though. Where they get their flavor been a from? Losing numbers game. Everybody be running around with skin cancer. Like I, I don't. No, I they, don't. not just that. <laughs> but it's just like, like, like the the culture that you've gotten from a like, and that's the thing that kind of like, I guess, going back to the whole Stephen King thing, because he's made so many comments about one of the things that he made a couple years ago was like, you know, what other major subgroup has made a contribution other than white folks? I'm like, but y'all stole everything. I stole from like Egypt and like yeah. parts of Northern Africa to Ideas, build, to build people. your philosophy, to build mathematics, resources. Yeah. resources. Like y'all stole Land. all that. 
No, nah, but not not just that. It's the stolen. knowledge. They, they burned down the, the library in Alexandria intentionally. Like, yo, we not going to let nobody know which. That's why I said everything. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. The so, land, the people, yeah, the resources, the knowledge, the, yeah. everything. Yeah, they yeah, stole yeah, it yeah, all. yeah, yeah. And the idea, like, if you look at, like, you know, Washington, you know what I'm saying, the they architecture. They so much. They set out little outposts so that they could maintain, you know what I'm saying, an exchange of both culture and resources and production. I just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that, that little obelisk that you have in the middle of Washington is called the Monument. Guess what? That's African. Shh. Oh, by the way, black guy built that. Hey, boy, just... you put that together. You put that together. That was a little creepy. It was, wasn't it? Yeah, it's getting creepier. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll stop. <laughs> in like 30 seconds. Oh, just keep oh doing this. okay, okay. That's enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Benjamin Banneker, look him up. Oh man! He made DC terrible to travel with in a car, but in all his strong carriage is probably awesome. Hey, look, but <laughs> scooter game. Oh, we were talking about uh, we were talking about Mueller earlier. There we was were. something very specific I wanted to say about that. Shoot, I think that we because Trump has been uh, you know, such a such a uh, prominent figure uh, as president for so long, um, a couple years now. And even before that, before he was a presidential candidate, um, he he has normalized kind of like this deficiency of language. And as a result, there's a tendency to like somebody says something and the immediate thing you jump to in the narrative is that, oh, oh, the uh, the the. The special counsel's office said that uh, they said it was wrong. They said the report was wrong. Uh, they gave a 28 word statement. <laughs> and in that statement. They said that the BuzzFeed story was inaccurate accurate, okay. or not accurate. I just want to make sure we point out that as a measure of vocabulary, that accuracy is a measure of proximity and precision. It is not an absolute statement. If you have a competition at which you are firing at a bullseye, there are degrees of points you can earn for firing that, depending on how close you are to the bullseye. So he said not accurate or inaccurate. He didn't say wrong. They didn't say false. That means there was some element or maybe multiple elements of the BuzzFeed story that might not have been on. But there are many elements that could be spot on. So I just... Go ahead, Chris. I would like to add that, you know, to, to your metaphor, most people view the world in terms of inches but when you are a lawyer and you're talking about vocabulary and accuracy you are talking about a game of millimeters Mm -hmm. and so like when the report does come out and lay people start reading it and they'd be like well how was this inaccurate please don't be surprised if you don't think that it was actually inaccurate because there's a technicality in there that a lawyer will perceive because this may have to do with the criminal proceeding or, you know, a real, you know, fine point of law, but to the general public, uh, they said what they said. Right. Right. So I think, uh, I think that wraps that point up neatly. I also just want to point out back to Giuliani, how Giuliani, (laughs) What was what was on national TV, yo? He may have coached he, him. He, he was he was on national TV, yo, and he's like, yo, he's like, yo, I I didn't say that the the campaign didn't have any collusion in it. He said you you did. He said no. I said the president, the president have. I can't speak for the campaign. I'm like yo, son, like wait wait what do you what do you <laughs> what are you how are, like sir? 
<laughs> even worse, he, he said the president they didn't say it. They may have talked to him about his testimony. They may have talked it over. Mm. And George Conway came out the woodwork. Look, George Conway, I feel like... He hates Trump with everything in his body. But not only that, I feel like if Kellyanne don't walk away before it goes down, she might find herself without a job in the middle of some shit and served with some divorce papers. Because the level of hatred that he has and the level of devotion that she has cannot really be sustainably compatible it's amazing that trump hasn't fired her just because feel, of the husband in I my opinion like they stopped hate fucking each other months ago and now they're just fucking hating each other <laughs> like i, I just, think melania should take a dump in his mouth because <laughs> george conway came out with his little op-ed tweet essay statement somewhere and was basically like so it's totally completely insane for anybody to be discussing anything about anything and by the way who is your lawyer that is telling people what you are doing that is not legal like what the fuck is going on it's rat face so, yeah. <laughs> rat face Giuliani <laughs> but I, why I do think... they keep sending him out there because he can't speak publicly without permission I think it in part it is to create just like confusion. It's I think it's it's cover. It's 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 better than Donald Trump speaking. But it's all being recorded. It is. I'm just saying is because well the, the crazy thing is Donald Trump with all the shit that he's put out there, including obstruction of justice multiple times through his Twitter feed, he's gonna then deny that he actually actually tweeted that stuff out. I have people that do that for me. We know it's you. Kafifi doesn't make any sense. There's no way that you would actually approve Kafifi. You had the Twitter joint. You fell asleep with it in your hand. You were typing and you sent Kofifi. I would say for the record, I, never in my life have I ever desired to be a Caucasian man. And I don't want to be. it. I'm very proud of my heritage and very proud of being a, a, a black man. Um, I am astonished, though, by like in order for people to listen to, you know, black men like you, you got to be. You got to be intelligent. You got to be attractive. You got to be all of this stuff. Like if you want to make a cogent point. Look at Rudy Giuliani. Look at him. Like the fact that he looked like that, and so many people listen to him. That's like that's the that's privilege right there. That is like the the truest essence of or privilege. Trump. That you can look like that mm-hmm. and people listen to what you have. Or to Trump. Say. Trump yeah. is not a prize. Yo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with the sweep around, wrap around. I've never seen a sweep around, wrap around come over like that, yo. I will say this: He doesn't look like a rodent or a woodland creature. And and Giuliani looked like he should be scavenging for yeah, scraps. But I in feel, a trash can is what he looked like. I feel like. Donald Trump looks like cottage cheese with the tanning. Uh, it just it looks I can like, see that. It looks like I can a see that, of folks. cottage cheese. Folks, That's, I can see that, folks. <laughs> you also see this wrap-up. You guys. <laughs> On that note. <laughs> it would be really great if we just go ahead and wrap this up. All of the whiteness below the orangeness. <laughs> Orange privilege. And it, looked, and it looked lumpy and white like cottage cheese. Oh, my God. Right? See? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to eat a meal later. All right. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, what we finna do <laughs> is not eat oh, a meal. Wait. One last thing. Can we just give a shout out and a bow down and a like, you know, I don't know what to Cardi B for like totally like shutting Tommy Lauren down. Like, shit on yeah. these hoes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's like the only Cardi B lyric I know. It's appropriate for the situation. Yeah. 
Uh, well, so what we finna do is we're going to go ahead and wrap this first uh, episode of Shit You Might Have Missed for 2019. We thank you for your listenership. <laughs> Again, we are the usual suspects. I am DaVinci Parks, a.k.a. Lee Bennett III, dialing in live from somewhere. Oh, Happy New Year. Don't die. Have oh, a good week. That, that was case happened. Uh, to my right. Hey, this is S Double saying that, you know, if you have a rodent or woolen creature rummaging through your, your <laughs> trash, don't kill it. It might be Rudy Giuliani. That's all I'm saying. Just make sure he gets back to his home. Just be kind. Again, we are the usual suspects. Also, sending a shout out for One T Rich. We'll be back with us soon. We thank you so much for your listenership. Again, remember, we are available on uh, Twitter under Flashback News, which gives you all the information that's happening around the world, or especially here. And um, uh, Flashback Radio, which gives you information on what's happening with the different shows and programs and things of that nature. And it's also on Facebook for the time being, and Instagram, which, yeah, will be there. So, of course, the website, www.flashblackradio. We thank you again. Stay blessed. Stay woke. One.